Hi, this is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. And today, I don't know how I feel about it, but we're going to do it. We're going to talk about Kitsy Ghosts. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a strange one because Kitsy Ghosts just released fully a few hours ago. And... Uh, you know, typically analysis takes some time, but <laughs> we're, we have that yay attitude where like you give yourself a deadline and you're going to release your material no matter what by that time. And we said we would do it. We said we would give an overview of Kids See Ghosts, even though we've only listened to it like, what, six, seven, eight times um, when we usually listen to a song like a billion times before we <laughs> talk about one song. But you know what? We're feeling ambitious and we're going to go for it. Yeah, we have this whole uh, we have this whole thing planned out for you all. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Where for the next seven weeks, this is our overview week of both albums. Tuesday, we released an overview of Yay. Today, we're releasing an overview of Kids See Ghosts. And for the next seven weeks after, we're doing track by track breakdowns on both albums. Uh you know, in order, <laughs> we're not going to randomize it. Shuffle. <laughs> Although it. we could, we could, and it would still be glorious. But no, <laughs> it would be a train wreck. But uh, and the thing that we do, in case you're a new listener coming into the show, is our expertise is narrative and thematic analysis and deconstruction. We come from the creative world, being writers, but also being film critics. Uh, we started a film criticism website that was all about the explanation of narrative and themes rather than reviews of if it's good or bad. Uh, for a number of years, we were focused entirely on that, covering wide release films, going to film festivals like Sundance, South by Southwest, Toronto International Film Festival, and just writing about all kinds of movies from that way of what is this doing? Why should we appreciate it? And in 2015, we were talking a lot about how Kanye used many of the narrative and thematic techniques that we recognized in these films. So decided to do a podcast that showed the growth of his narrative art over the course of his discography, building up to, at the time, Yeezus, which was then the crowning achievement of his discography. But uh, since then, we've been lucky enough to have Life of Pablo and Ye come out before we finished with this 200-episode ordeal. <laughs> um, so that, that's our focus and expertise is in that understanding of narrative and theme, not just in the micro sense of individual tracks or individual verses, but in the macro of the album and career and discography. What we are not is people well-versed in music, we can't tell you notes. We can't tell you anything about engineering or production. We can identify how the production and soundscape is interacting with the narrative and thematics on the song, but we can't tell you anything about the quality of that production right? Um, or any of the instruments being used or beats per minutes or shit like that. Although the last thing you just said, the aesthetic and how it plays into the energy of the album and the narrative is huge for understanding Kitsy Ghosts. Very, very, very much so. Uh, 
which is really cool to be able to see them capture kind of the the mental scape in the soundscape. Yeah. Uh, do we just want to jump into this then? I think so. Okay. So, well, I guess it would actually be good to go through the hell that has been going on in my head throughout the day. Um, <laughs> and I've been texting Chris and Jordan, who's, a, I guess, a, a, uh, somebody who's on a, a guest on our show a lot. I've been texting them a lot today, working through all of my feelings about this album, what it's doing. And I've shifted from earlier in the day when I thought this was a very depressing album. And not that it's not depressing, but I, I thought of it as in the sense of, oh, this is Kanye and Cuddy working through suicidal thoughts. And it made me feel like they're going through something really bad. And that, um, you know, especially with the news that Anthony Bourdain committed suicide, like it, it there's such a, to me, there was such a realness to all of it that, that was like, oh, they must be suicidal. Like they must be letting the world know that they're still suicidal. But um, as I've kind of been texting Chris and working through the aesthetic of the album, um, to me, it's become a little more clear that the sort of ghostly soundscape of the album is more a reflection of what it's like to be in Cuddy and Connie's position mentally, how when you're mentally ill and you have all of these problems in your head it's not like those go away just because you're working on getting better it's not like the suicidal the memory of suicidal thoughts goes away it's and it's not about it's not like the album is just triumphant oh like i'm no longer suicidal it's yeah like i have those thoughts but it's about working through it and the ghostly soundscape just reflects kind of the environment of that you know it is scary to have those thoughts it's like it's this feeling of like walking through a graveyard and there's ghosts working around lurking around every corner um, but that doesn't mean that the album has a negative tone it actually to me ends up having a positive one as somebody who's willing to wade through these ghosts and come out the other side um, being healthier yeah, a, a weird comparison which i think as you said earlier that's just all that, that i do that's all you do chris uh, it reminds me, and this might help people uh, anchor onto it better, that there was a Reddit post where somebody asked people that are schizophrenic how they deal with their schizophrenia or having like multiple voices in their head or if you hear voices, how do you deal with it? And one of the top comments on that post was somebody saying, that they understand the voice is always going to say things and be there, but they have to take in context clues. Like, does anybody else react to anything? Is what the voice says to them something that they know somebody else would say or not say? And they just have to be okay with hearing it and letting it go and understanding that it's always going to be there, but it doesn't have to dictate things. It doesn't have to say like they don't have to listen to what's being said. They can just let it slide off almost in that mindfulness kind of way. Mm. And that's what this soundscape, as you're saying, really reminds me of that. This is what is around you, but that doesn't mean that it has to be what defines you or consumes you. Right. And to get into kind of the aesthetic of it all, particularly on the cover of the album, there is this ghost, and this ghost is um, taken from the graduation artwork, where the you know the Kanye homecoming bear is running from this white like puffball that I guess kind of looked like an evil <laughs> cloud or some shit um, is running from it. And but on the Kitsy Ghost cover, we see uh, the hero of the album. You know this this figure is standing on top of the ghost triumphantly. And we think that it ends up probably being a reflection again of this album ultimately being positive despite sounding very negative. Yeah, that initial graduation album is what's in the interior artwork of the CD. So on the cover, you just get that yeah. cool, like, the bear's launching off into the world. But then in the interior, you see once the bear's in the world, it's being chased by this ghost uh which reminds me and murakami did the art for both mm -hmm. uh it was murakami that did the graduation art then Cuddy and kanye went to japan and worked with murakami on doing this art and it's actually a reworking 
of a 2001 painting uh, called Manji Fuji, which if you look at the Kids See Ghost art, it was Mount Fuji with those trees, but in the foreground where this guy standing on the ghost is, there was a smaller duo, and that was part of the original image. Uh, like a little one-eyed person sitting on a multi-eyed, large-mouth ghost. Uh, but Murakami reworked that to have brighter colors, uh, a lusher feel to it, and then bringing in specifically this rework of the graduation ghost with this humanoid fig- figure standing on top of it. Yeah. And we'll get into specifically how kind of that entire aesthetic fits into the album. But something to remember about graduation is that song is about somebody sort of graduating from not normalcy because Kanye was never normal, but like moving on from Chicago into celebrity life, like being out on his own and away from the city that shaped him. Um, that there's a sense of triumph being there's something triumphant about that, about going out and taking on the world. But there's also a lot of dark songs on that album, like drunken hot girls, Barry bonds, flashing lights, um, everything I am can't tell me nothing like those songs reflect somebody who's working through celebrity finally and understanding the ugliness of celebrity and how it's not it's all not that it's all it's cracked up to be and to me that's what the ghost represents in the internal art of graduation whereas the front presents this image of like all right let's take on the world and then the inside is but once you get out there like things are harder than you think yeah, that dynamic, because so much of Graduation in those songs you listed, it's it seems like the Kanye character on the album believes that it's great, right? Like, right. can't tell me nothing, they feel justified. Everything I am, they feel justified. Drunken Hot Girls, they feel justified. But by the end of the album, with Homecoming... Like you're feeling like this champion that's conquered the world and then you go home and you're told you can't come home. Yep. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> like And then you lose your big brother. Then you lose your big brother, which re that captures the whole journey that we saw on the album. That Kanye was this like young, innocent dude, starts to come up in the game, and through his ego brings in uh what is it not brings competition brings in like a confrontation with jay-z that Mm -hmm. wrecks the relationship for a little bit um so we see that the dangers of ego on that big brother track and we see how that ego built up to homecoming on the album and then what's the next fucking album travis (laughs) (laughs) 808s and fuck everything sucks yeah, which is all about celebrity, and Pinocchio's story wraps that up. <laughs> oh, God, which Pinocchio's is just, story. Yeah, one of the saddest tracks. So to go from multiple albums all looking at how celebrity wrecks you and ruins you to having gay finally be kind of an overcoming of that celebrity mindset. Mm-hmm or at least a stepping into overcoming the celebrity mindset and realizing that it's not doing you any favors. Uh, And then having kids see ghosts with this person standing on top of the ghost. Damn. Yeah. So again, like it seems weird the shift from yay to kids see ghosts in a sense, because if yay is about Kanye overcoming all these past struggles he's had, and coming out a better person, you don't really get that feeling from the transition the kids see ghosts. But I think really what is key here is remembering how Ye ends, how it ends with Ghost Town, which is this sort of acknowledgement of um, all everything you've, actually both songs really do this, even Violent Crimes does it, thinking about everything you've done in the past and how it's going to haunt you. On, on Ghost Town, he talks about the scars on Nori these scars that come from him, the scars that are violent crimes that what I say, sorry, I meant violent you crimes. said ghost town. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and how he, in, in a sense, like that Jesus side of him, that over the top side of him that everyone hates becomes a ghost of sorts and leaves scars on her. And it's something she has to deal with. Um, 
that actually leads pretty well into Kids See Ghosts, this idea that you're suddenly walking into this new territory where the ghosts are, where all your past mistakes live, and you can't come out of the other side. You you can't end triumphant like Ye did, tried to do without going through their graveyard first. Yeah, that's uh, you got to step back in order to go forward a bit. <laughs> yeah, which it's crazy to think that it, a little bit of context with the album creations we uh we have a source that was on the audio engineering team for yay who has provided some context for the albums and one of the big points was that ghost town was despite the photo that kanye had tweeted out of the track listings always or was originally part of yay but it was the project that inspired Kids See Ghosts. Right. So when they were putting the lyrics of that song together, working on that song, they were like, hey, let's do this album that talks about this more. Which, despite all the talk about how Kanye scrapped the whole album of Ye post-TMZ and started over again, we know then that Ghost Town was at least being worked on uh, mid-2017. Mm-hmm at least. And so that led to Kids See Ghost being the project, them working on that, having Ghost Town be part of that for a little bit before Kanye was looking at both projects and said, no, I'm going to move Ghost Town back to Ye because there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we even have on Kids See Ghosts this track Free, which is the fourth track, the midpoint on the album, which is labeled Ghost Town Part 2. So there's a connection between Ye and Kids See Ghost that isn't just uh, a hat tip, I think. Like, hey, we have another album. There's something more in the spiritual realm. Which would be why Kanye on the whiteboard labeled Ye as the spiritual awakening. And then so much of Kids See Ghost deals with the spirits and spirit worlds and all of that. Yeah. And if you go back and look at the lyrics to ghost town, it's, there's this weird dichotomy to it where, so kid Cudi's chorus is, I've been trying to make you love me, but everything I try just takes you further from me. So you can read that kind of plainly, which is, you know, you try to win over the world, but the more you try, the more you push everyone away, which captures Kanye, like in a nutshell. Like, every time he thinks he does something awesome, it makes everyone think he's an idiot. Um, Even with Cuddy, like, yeah. making more music, each album he released was getting him more and more flack at a certain point. Very true, yeah. Uh, but you can also look at it in the internal sense and how the album is dealing with being bipolar and how there are different sides to you that you're trying to grapple with. So he's trying to make the bad side of himself love him. He's trying to become a more holistic individual in that sense. And when you think of it that way, and the idea that um, the person he's trying to make love him is like this ghost of sorts, you know, this bad side of him, the past mistakes, he's trying to own up to his bad mistakes and just make it part of him and part of himself as he moves forward. I mean, that kind of captures the entirety of Gitsy Ghosts. And you see that in the verse that Kanye has, which says, sometimes I take all the shine, talk like I drank all the wine years ahead but way behind i'm on one two three four five like he's despite being how advanced he is in his thinking he's still at the very beginning of learning to count learning to do these things and no half truths just naked minds right like he's being honest with everybody but in that honesty there's a lot of ignorance there's a lot of stupidity uh we're multi-dimensional, all of us in that way. And he gets that caught between space and time. This is not what we had in mind. Like, I'm not the person that I wanted to be. This, is, this isn't who we thought we were going to be. Yeah, that line sp- caught between space and time, it's who he thought he was going to be in the future, but who he is actually, h- how people see him in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Ending with, but maybe someday. And then you get that return to childhood with the shake outro, which is just crazy. So it's like 
finally acknowledging who you are in that verse and your strengths and weaknesses and like coming to terms with that mm. in a way is what allows that feeling of being like a child again. Yes. And then that breakthrough on violent crimes leading then into the spiritual confrontation that is kids see ghosts. And if you think of it, if we're connecting uh, Ghost Town to violent crimes to the entirety of Kids See Ghosts, Kanye establishes himself as a child in Ghost Town. Somebody who's still at the beginning, in a sense, because he has to learn to grow up still, you know? He has to learn to deal with everything he's gone through. In a way, it's like a rebirth, and it's a, a chance to start over, and he's a kid again. He's in the same spot as someone like his daughter, as, as any succeeding generations that are going to be viewing his legacy in a bad light. You know, how do you, how does Kanye fix that legacy? How does he move forward and do better in the future so that like people have a different image of him? And that's what Kids See Ghosts is. It's all of those past mistakes just haunting around you as you try to move forward, move past the suicidal thoughts and get better. Yeah. Damn. <sighs> Every time I realized that this is what Kids See, was, Kids See Ghosts was doing today, when Chris and I were prepping, I just kept going, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> Connie is just like, he's always five steps ahead. Yeah. And we had a few. Oh, man. Oh, man. I think the biggest revelation, we were joking. Oh, I was joking at one point. <laughs> I was like, Cuddy Montage. What a dumb name. Like, that's just a montage of Cuddy. Like, <laughs> with how, like, epic the album is, that just seems really kind of meh. Right. But then, but then you realize that Cuddy Montage samples uh, the Kurt Cobain song. Uh, what is it? Bringing it up. Uh, the kind of information we never have in front of us. Yeah, you think. <laughs> oh, God. And now all the genius pages are so fucked up. Uh, Burn the Rain. And you're like, oh, Burn the Rain by Kurt Cobain. What album is that from? <laughs> and the album's Montage of Heck, the home recordings. And that was the name of this documentary that was about Kurt Cobain's life and eventual suicide. And these are the home recordings that they found after he had died, which were just like random bits and pieces of songs. And you go from understanding that about Kurt Cobain and the dark place that he was in and that his mind was in and knowing that that's where this album takes you and that instead of it being about Kurt Cobain having that montage, you're getting it from Kid Cudi's perspective. That's pretty insane. And it's just yeah. like the ghost of Kurt Cobain is there. Yeah. And what Kurt Cobain's one of the famous members of the 27 Club, which is so many artists that are 27 years old end up dying or committing suicide. And to have the specter of that haunting you. I think every musician thinks about that at some point. Um, and this is what's around them, but they're finding their way through that. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, especially people like Kid Cudi and Kanye who have had such their mental trauma has been such um, a headline, you know, in the news and everything. Like, it's not something hidden and that uh, people didn't suspect for a long time. Like, everybody's well aware at this point, especially if Kanye admitting he had, he's bipolar on yay, that they're much more susceptible to this than most people. Like, being a celebrity in that position and having the world constantly looking at you, it's, it's troubling to the point where, like, it could drive you to the you know, the place Kurt Cobain got to. Yeah. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, so we're looking at the organization of Kids See Ghosts, and we do think that much like with Ye, that there's a structure of three songs, midpoint three songs. Um, and the first three get at one kind of mindset. The midpoint is a shift and the last three are a different kind of mindsets. Uh, you see that with Ye being kind of the darker place of his mind, followed by the, oh shit, <laughs> that's what happens when I'm in that dark place, followed by getting away from that darker place. 
there's something to Kids See Ghosts that's a similar structure that Feel the Love, Fire, and Fourth Dimension are still in a little bit of a darker place with Free being that tipping point and Reborn, Kids See Ghosts, and Cutty Montage being more of the I can move forward, I can live with the ghosts and get past and get onto something better. It's pretty nuts, man. You know what? We'll take it even further. And this is the part where maybe you turn off the podcast. Um, there is actually, from what Chris and I can tell, a direct connection between Daytona to Yay to Kitsy Ghost. And that Daytona, if we're thinking about this in terms of like Drake beef, um, Daytona is largely about Pusha coming after his haters, you know, not backing down, being aggressive, picking fights, that sort of thing. Like he's not, he's not going to just back down and let people create a narrative for him. He's just he's going to go after people. Um, it's that kind of trap braggadocio. Like he's just indulgent in being like a rapper and like everything that that entails in the popular perception of a rapper. Yes. And then on Ye, which is an album about Kanye kind of leaving that lifestyle and learning to be an, a better, healthier individual, you have a song like uh, No Mistakes, where, as far as we could tell anyway, it's not, this is definitive, but it seems like he's addressing the Drake beef and saying, truth told, I like you, too bold to type you, too rich to fight you. It's him kind of saying like, hey, calm down, like let's move past this, we all like each other. Um, and then... And we'll build to how all these connect directly. But what's the first song on Kitsy Ghost? Feel the love. And who do we have coming in as we enter this ghost world? Pusha T, who is that mindset that Kanye's trying to get away from throughout Ye. The mindset that he has on Daytona about being, you know, going after people and picking fights. And, um, you know, it doesn't really reflect where Kanye wants to be on Ghost Town and Violent Crimes at all. No, and that's the that's a beautiful thing because when you're looking at narrative, uh, usually look for a change between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. Sometimes that's purposeful that there's not. Like you could have a character that starts poor, gets rich, becomes an asshole, blows all the money, and ends up poor again. And you're like, don't be that person. But it's, for most narratives, you're looking at this is where we started, this is where we ended, and you can see the difference between the two. Right. And when you look at Pusha T's verse at the start of Feel the Love, it's very confrontational. Uh, we not worried about nobody else. We, them other people. You bust down a rolly, I bust down a brick, then I flood it. I'm not to be compared to you rappers. Like, I'm more easy. You trying your best to become me. It's very confrontational. But you look at the end of the album with Cuddy Montage and Kanye's entire verse is about how you have tragedy. And when somebody tries to take revenge in that tragedy, it just leads to more tragedy. And yes. the final outro then is just both sides lose somebody. Somebody dies. Somebody goes to jail while saying light on me. Save me, please. Lord, shine your light on me. Save me, please. So what we see is at the beginning of the album, you have this confrontational, I'm better than you mindset. But at the end of the album, it's acknowledging that that mindset of trying to like get back at somebody or take revenge just leads to death or jail, one side or the other. Nobody wins. And death and jail in the sense of how everyone perceives you. Um, I mean, yeah, your relationship's ruined, but like because everybody's watching this feud, so whether it's a feud between Kanye and Drake or Kanye and Rhymefest or Kanye and Jay-Z, um, people are going to pick sides when they see you two arguing, when they see both sides, like, you know, saying what they think, saying what they say out in public, you know, between Jay-Z going on, uh, doing a well-adjusted interview it like on where did he go like jimmy kimmel or something like that letterman it oh. was letterman's netflix show that's right 
and then or Kanye, you know, on the St. Pablo tour yelling about Jay's kids like that's not good. Somebody goes to jail. You're going to pick sides. You're going to um, write somebody off. And Kanye's trying to move past that. He's trying to fix his image. So, again, that to me conveys a very conveys that storyline that's shifting from yay how he wants to he's going out of violent crimes thinking about his ghost thinking about the scars that nori has because of him and he's trying to move past that and so to have the album begin with pusha kind of encouraging it to end with him saying like hey like let's stop this let's stop creating these ghosts that's to me so purposely done yeah that's that's a crazy appropriation of the idea of ghosts on here is that it's not just your own past like mental history or past low points uh it's also the ghosts that like you can create in a beef like this yeah um and we need to just stop doing that hmm so that's the general overview of the album do we want to go deeper do we want to go song by song really quick uh we can I mean, we can if you don't want to listen anymore and you want to just the overview. That's it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And this is our uh, pre-analysis. We haven't done our full line-by-line -line deconstructions yet. So at the end of the seven weeks of individual tracks, we'll be coming back and doing a final formal album overview. Yeah. Um, checking ourselves from now to then. Maybe we were completely wrong. <laughs> but if we were... This podcast is over. <laughs> I'm that confident. Yeah. I'm that confident. Uh, creating a ghost right now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so push a T. Yeah, push a T. Feel the love. Uh, you get a lot of that soundscape of like you're feeling the love, but. Hmm. I just think it's interesting that Kanye is making that gun sound. Um, yeah. I mean, interesting beyond the fact that he actually did it. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, I'll put that on an album. But thinking that it suddenly introduces... So you have Cuddy start out saying, I, I can still feel the love, which almost feels like, he, okay, we're heading into this ghost world. And he's trying to remember what it's like in the real world. Like, I, I still feel the love. Like, I know, like, there's something better is out there, even though you're working through these dark thoughts. And then to have Kanye be so aggressive... Like, there's such a shift in tone from Cuddy to Pusha to Kanye to where, like, it almost feels like Kanye is, like, an extreme rejection of all this shit happening around on this hellscape. And the initial reaction is to be that aggressive. Yeah. I, it's, mm, I'm feeling it now as kind of, like, Cuddy's kind of this overview saying, I can still feel the love despite us having been like this. Like, we were just essentially just saying, gat, 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 gat. <laughs> right. And yeah, because he does come back in at the end. Right? <laughs> and being these aggressive people. And it's like, despite us being these things, which is especially true for Kanye in the last month and a half, uh, I can still feel the love. Yeah. And we move into fire. And as we've done this episode, Genius has fixed its track listing. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's been hell today. Yeah. Fire was what for so long? It was like uh, the second to last track or something. Yeah, they're showing that as the last track. Kids See Ghost was the second track. Fourth Dimension was the opening track. Um, and then on fire, it seems to address other people. Like you start with I Love Your Shit Talking. And you each get Kanye kind of addressing other people, Cuddy addressing other people, uh, a little bit still of that old personality. Yeah, which is actually, if we're comparing it to the structure of Ye, is a lot like Yikes in a way. And how there's this other side of you that comes out that you're trying to like be sensible, you're trying to be healthy, but that sort of Yeezus side of you, the aggressive side of you, um, what's to take over and take control. Yes. And you can get that idea from on this road. I find these scars I left behind. Oh, heaven lift me up. A direct, um, 
callback to violent crimes. Yep. We all have these scars and the scars that you leave and the scars that you have. Eek. Uh, and then you get fourth dimension, which is opening up to, I mean, we're in three dimensions, right? So <laughs> there's talk of the the fourth dimension, the dimension beyond. It's, it's fitting that this is a song that comes right before free. Hmm. Um, and this is a little bit of a callback too, in the same way that all mine kind of is the yes, uh, lowest point for Kanye on that album. This is in a bit of a way, the lowest point for both of these guys on this album. This is them reliving those past ghosts and kind of confronting those things. Yeah. I actually both songs, the first verse, first verse is Kanye talking about all the women that want him, you know, and all the women he pleases and his ability to do it in a way like other guys can't. It's yeah, it's it's almost exactly the same, actually. <laughs> yeah. No. Does Kanye on any other point of this album talk about sex? I know. No, he definitely doesn't say something like what's the line? She said I'm in the wrong hole. <laughs> no, he doesn't bring that up in cutting montage. <laughs> Not unless I'm reading that song wrong. <laughs> um, she said, I'm going too fast. I'm exhausted. Ah, getting old as hell. You know, he said yep. all the way back in slow jams that he couldn't go that fast. That's why he needed Twista. <laughs> That's why he needed Twista. He gets exhausted. <laughs> I still think he has that line now drop to your knees for the offering. But I swear every time I hear that line, I hear off Fred, which I don't know if they're Handmaid Tale fans that are listening to this podcast, but I get a little, I get a little excited thinking about Kanye watching Handmaid's Tale and being like, oh, oh, I'm learning a lot from this. (laughs) Does that line make sense with that context? Uh, The main character in Handmaid's Tale, the women... The handmaids are all named after their male owners, I guess. Oh. Uh, so the main character's June is uh, in the household of this guy, Fred. So she's of Fred, and they call uh, her Offred. I hope you're right. And uh, she has to pleasure him and try to give him a child. That's her sole purpose, because most other women are barren. Hmm. I don't think I am, but every time I hear it, I'm just like, huh. So that'll be the first question I ever ask Kanye. Yeah, absolutely. When we sit down for the marathon 72 hour interview. Yeah. We're just like, Kanye, this is the point in the interview where together we watch Akira and there will be blood. <laughs> back to back. Uh, um, the interesting thing, our working theory with fourth dimension two, there's the... Uh, what will Santa Claus say sample in here (laughs) which cracks me up but the whole song and this is an old ass song um, (laughs) is Santa Claus that's the music expert in us coming out right there Yeah, that's an old ass song that's all that we can offer Uh, but the song lyrics are saying what will Santa Claus say when he finds everybody swinging and without more research at the moment the context seems to be this is when everybody first started swing dancing and you know how old people how people back in the day used to be with like that swing dancing's no good you're not waltzing no good yeah they were very formal with everything like what was the dirty dancing like that was a big deal movie that the town what didn't want kids dancing well because footloose actually bans dancing footloose that's what i'm thinking not dirty dancing although Um, the dancing they do in dirty dancing is frowned upon given the title i guess i see why but like you see the dance scene in footloose where they're all at this like diner dancing and it's the most like harmless childish shits and the sheriff shows up and is like stop stop everybody no uh where you think about dances today and it's all like grinding yeah (laughs) um so i think that this is getting at like everybody was swing dancing and that was this bad thing so Santa Claus has his like nice list and his naughty list. So if he sees that everybody's swing dancing, 
what's he going to do? Is he going to put everybody on the naughty list? Is he going to join in and swing dance too because it's the craze? Right. Like, there's this tension there. And you see that tension kind of come in with fourth dimension. Like if Santa Claus sees what Kanye and Cuddy are doing and acting, is he going to put them on the nice list or on the naughty list? How is he going to judge them? The best part of this is remembering what world we're in, you know, this kind of ghostly world. And this song is introduced kind of like a horror movie would do where the vinyl record starts playing, even though you didn't touch it. And it's like <laughs> creepy music starts playing. And it's like, you know, it's upbeat, happy music, which makes it even creepier. Um, and this image of Santa swinging suddenly becomes it becomes a little scary. Like it's this manic Santa with like red eyes and crazy hair and rips at a Santa suit who's tempting you with swinging. Um or, and I guess to translate it to the song and what these albums doing, like tempting you with that sort of graduation lifestyle, all these promises of celebrity, all of these ways you're supposed to act as a celebrity. And what does the song do? They dip right into that behavior. Yeah. Cuddy's getting loose while on the deuce, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which means he's getting loose while he's taking a shit, apparently. I just, that line's so absurd to me. I love it. Getting loose while I'm on the deuce. I'm sure there's some meaning of deuce that we'll, well, we'll figure it, out. I think it's a joint that reveals uh, how cool uh, we are. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, also know man. that dropping a deuce means taking a shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which <laughs> He's just kind of like, you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> Whatever. People can judge me either way. Um, so then Free is Ghost Town Part 2, where in the midst of encountering these ghosts of themselves and working through that they're able to get true knowledge of themselves and the marcus garvey sample that opens the song is very telling uh, may i say something to you or may i say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself in life man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation when man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself he becomes the master of his environment. That right there is the crux of the entire album. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, just think about that. The man, when man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes the master of his environment. I think that's so key that the environment, the environment we're in in this album is, you know, again, this ghostly world. It's how conscious... Kanye and Cuddy are of presenting the reality of their situation. They're trying to get better, but things are dark. Things are scary. There are ghosts everywhere. And I love that because it's real. You know, it's this is what it's like being inside their heads. And you can't reshape your environment. You can't make that those ghosts go away. You're still going to have to walk through that graveyard if you want to be better. But what you can do is master your environment. You can. Um, overcome the ghosts you can walk through them and rule and become a king of sorts yes which nice nice foreshadowing of the next track that's what i do <laughs> oh that was beautiful <laughs> um and it's telling that on ghost town part one on yay he puts his hand on the stove and says i don't feel pain anymore i feel kind of free and we start to see a little bit of that unshackling and then over the course of this album, more and more unshackling happens until finally at this point, I feel free. It's not I feel kind of free. It's specifically I feel free. Truth. And I'm sure if somebody's listened this far, I'm sure you're on board with our analysis. But if you've listened this far just out of like hatred, <laughs> like an angry listen, and you think that this is the tipping point, I would just say that that's, I don't know, as an artist that's talked with other artists and writers and things. That's the kind of nuance that you think about that difference between, I feel kind of free developing more narrative and bringing it to the point where I feel free. Like this is what it took for me to not just feel kind of free, but to actually get that freedom. Yeah. Actually, I, I think that's a good point to make because um, the critics who we love, you know, all the media people who have judged Connie's albums pretty harshly. They, and we've had conversations with them on Twitter. Conversations is a light word for us just yelling at them. Um, that they are judging Kanye's albums without this narrative context and that 
Kane couldn't possibly be doing something more. I think that's reflective of the fact that most critics aren't really artists. And if you talk to other artists, you'll probably find that they would agree with what Chris just said, that you do think about that kind of nuance. You know, people don't just throw shit together and hope it makes money. Like people care about the art they make. And if you've ever listened to this show and, you know, all the theories we've pitched, like that's the realm Kanye's in. That's what he's going for. Yeah, dude comes from a very artistic background. <laughs> yes. Um, from his mother being an English literature professor, uh, chair of the English departments. Like I've said before on the show, my mom was a, was a biologist, specifically animal behavior. I have never been interested in science. Like, animals are cool. Like, I like learning <laughs> about shit, but I know way more about animal behavior and science than I learned through like school or own education. It was just because my mom being who she was and being my mom educated me on a lot of the things she knew. Kanye's mom being an English professor and him writing at an early age, him working like on creative stuff, being a painter that was winning uh, awards and competitions and getting a scholarship to go to college for fine arts. You can imagine that his mom would review his music <laughs> be like Kanye yeah this or that do this <laughs> yeah and just thinking about all his early influences too like all the painters and um the the filmmakers and the artists he like were storytellers like B.I.G it's it's all there yeah and you know maybe we could interview Kanye one day and he'd be like nah no no meaning but <laughs> I don't think that's the case um, so it is telling that we reach that point of like actual freedom that we kind of get there on Ye, but we fully get there. And that's one of the things that really connects these albums, not just in spirits, but narratively and thematically. And did you mention that the song is called free and then parentheses ghost pound part two? Oh, I don't think I did. Well, that relates exactly to everything you just said, though, that that hand on the stove line, like Kanye is directly connecting these songs for us. Yep. There it is. Proof there is in the is. pudding. Yep. If only we had a little bit of shake in the background. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been. That would have been a little bit too on the nose, actually. <laughs> um, and then the next track we get is Reborn which is very telling given the whole narrative that we've laid out. Yeah, especially, I mean, again, if you want to compare it to Ye, No Mistakes is What Follows Wouldn't Leave. It's a, the title of the song itself is like, all right, I'm done fucking up with you, Kim. Like, I'm ready to be better. Yeah. Like, uh, I had my issues is the first thing that Kid Cudi says. Ain't that much I could do. And somebody pointed out on Twitter and I feel bad that I don't have who sent it to us, but it was the images from these lyrics uh, or the track listing that had Reborn as a track title, but then from Kid Cudi's Instagram post where he was talking about depression for the first time back Mm. in, what was it, like 2015, 2016, when he went to rehab, went to therapy, uh, he ended the post with love and light to everyone who has love for me. And I'm sorry if I let anyone down. I really am sorry. I'll be back stronger, better, reborn. I feel like shit. I feel so ashamed. I'm sorry. I love you. So reborn being used there and then being used here. I mean, reborn is a common phrase, but it seems very telling. Yeah, almost too telling, almost too obvious. <laughs> Stop being so obvious, Kanye and Cuddy. <laughs> um, and then just repeating over and over ago, keep moving forward, I'm moving forward, keep moving. I feel like this is going to be an anthem track for a lot of people. Hmm. And then we get Kids See Ghosts, which is crazy. You talked about that mastery of environments and... Yasin Bey, Most Def's uh, bridge in this track, I think might be one of my favorite moments in Kanye's discography. 
civilization without society, power and wealth with nobility, stability without stasis, places and spaces. Like that's, uh, it just seems to get at that idea of master of your environment, right? Yeah, totally. Sorry, I was responding to you this whole time and I just realized my mic was on mute. Um, so that's probably why you felt like you were fine solo for so long. <laughs> you monster. Sorry. But yes, I, I completely agree. And this bridge is incredible. And it was hard for me to put into words what it's saying, but like I, I feel like I can I I understand what it's doing just based on the tone and the juxtaposition of the words. Like the idea that you have stability without stasis. So you can be stable. Like you can be work you can be in one spot, you know? You can uh, have an idea of what it's like to be a better person. You could be, you can have a family, you can do all these things that make you stable. Um, but you can't do it. It, he says without stasis, you know, you, you can be stable, but you can't be inactive. You have to be working towards something. You have to be ready to take on your problems. Um, which I think probably reflects what it was like for them for so long, you know, stability to them was, you know, getting married and um, going out and making your art and doing all the things normal people do. But on the inside, you know, it was, there was stasis. There wasn't anything active happening. And suddenly they're taking the steps to get better. You know, they're making this music, telling the world, the world about their problems. Um, you get a sense that they're finally actually breaking through. Yeah. That things are calmer than they've ever been, but they're not stuck. And that's really a nice place to be. Because you listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Yeezus and The Life of Pablo, that doesn't feel stable, right? No. Yeah, that you know, that's a great point because those albums give off a front, but you know, beneath the surface, there's a lot of trouble. You know, the, the albums are ironic in that sense. Um, Kitsy Ghost isn't really ironic at all. It lays out all the problems right on the surface. You know, it has ghosts roaming around. It has that aesthetic. Um but they're just open about the fact that they're working through all that. They are. And I think that's what the Kid See Ghost gets at in this song. It's just, you know, after feeling free and being reborn, which is part of what gets talked about in Ghost Town. Like, I feel like a kid again. Like, I'm free. I feel kind of free. That when you're back to being a kid you're reborn in this way, you still see those ghosts sometimes of your past. Mm. And that's why Cuddy's verse gets at the suicidal thoughts. And that's why Kanye's verse gets so much at ego and being better than other people and uh, being above. And that's just the ghost that they see sometimes. Um, And it seems telling by the end that it just says like... Yeah, kids see ghosts, and that's the king. And what's a crown for the clouds moving around? There's something really important there that I don't want to spoil before we get to it in our lyrical deconstruction. Okay, yeah, we'll hold off on that then. Wait six weeks, and we'll tell you all about it. (laughs) And then cutting montage, which is just damn. It's just, I mean, we went over it and everything, but the fact that they're sampling Nirvana for that, specifically from a um, compilation of songs they found after Cobain's suicide, it's just so heavy. It's heavy in a way, though, that seems like they're acknowledging Cobain's suicide so readily. They're even fusing the song with it, which you could view as a bad sign, I guess, that it's but to be reflective of suicidal thoughts, but from everything we've talked about and the fact that, and what they talk about specifically on the song, it feels more like they're just acknowledging that that happens to people and they're not going to fall victim to it. Yeah. It's to me, it rings more as a, a juxtaposition or a ideal not to reach. Like we can't become this and we know that it's the potential's always there. This is the place that we could go, but we have these things now that are going to help us avoid that. Um, yep. And a lot of that's just coming from faith. 
Lord, shine your light on me. Save me, please. Yep. And as everything we talked about earlier, you know, with those lines, both sides lose somebody, somebody dies, somebody goes to jail. It's acknowledging that dipping into that bad lifestyle is like not good, that it, it ruins people. And again, that's just them acknowledging that they're trying to move past it. Yes. Yeah, because Cuddy's verse is very personal on this, and Kanye's verse is very macro. Macro, yeah. So you get both sides of the conversation being talked about, uh, the personal and then the societal. And then, Lord, shine your light on me, please. It's almost like both from the personal and for the whole. Like, don't just save Cuddy, don't just save Kanye, but save all of us. Help everybody make the right decision. Help everybody, like, live with these ghosts. Which is incredible. It almost, because you would hear Yay and you'd hear Kitsy Ghost and you think, oh, Kitsy Ghost is a dark album. Kitsy Ghost ends on a very positive note in a way that Yay actually doesn't. No. Yay and still on a, a very, like, becoming aware notes. Yes. And a positive step forward in, like, personal developments, but not necessarily, like, his life is in a much better place now. No, not at all. It's it's him realizing that I have a lot of work to do moving forward, as opposed to could see Ghost ending with him sort of recognizing all the problems, having this line that's that's him saying both sides lose somebody, him openly acknowledging that I need to do better, and then asking asking for help like i think that's the key difference between this and violent crimes where violent crimes feels like a bit of a downer in that way to where it's like man i have a lot of shit to work on moving forward as opposed to i know god's gonna show me the right thing to do and i think when you have faith of that degree as somebody that's not really religious uh, making some assumptions here um that that's a much different point to reach knowing that God will take care of you and save you and carry you forward rather than feeling alone in that place. There's something much different between just like not having faith, but having faith and praying. And when you really are faithful, knowing that that prayer is going to be answered. Yep. And that's Kitsy Ghosts. Yeah, uh, so for the next seven weeks, we'll get each track line-by-line analysis and deconstruction, further illuminating, and even checking some of the points that we made here. So stay tuned for that. Every Friday, every Tuesday, you get a new Yay track. And hopefully, I'm still a functioning human being by the end of it all. I got faith. (laughs) Stay strong, Travis. You and Jordan are going to hold me down. Yeah keep moving forward (laughs) i'm gonna be reborn i'm gonna shine some light on you (laughs) literally i'm gonna fly to minneapolis and turn a flashlight on (laughs) Uh, okay well that's pretty good right yeah i think i think that does it um if you enjoy if you enjoy the show and want to help us reach our goal of 300 dollars a month on patreon so we can uh, consistently get some cool uh, shirts made that allow Kanye fans to show off their fandom with unique, one-of-a-kind, yay-inspired designs. That's our goal. We're currently at, like, 173. So any help would be much appreciated there. Otherwise, if you want to (laughs) help, you can buy shirts on watchingthethrone.com or purchase the Yeezus book. Yep. Or you can just leave us a review on iTunes, which is also very nice. Yeah, that that helps a lot. Um, for visibility, for other people being like, what is this shit? Oh, it's got good reviews? Okay. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Kanye Podcast. Yes, a lot of Kanye conversation, not just from us, but also the amazing collective that is the Kanye fandom on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we retweet a lot, share a lot, so you can yeah. join in and make some new yay friends. We have no lives, so we'll undoubtedly respond to you. Yeah, with my sleep schedule and your sleep schedule, it's almost a 24-hour party. It really is. <laughs> oh, man. 
there's like a gap between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m., but like I get on as soon as I can. Yeah, and I don't leave soon enough, so. <laughs> I'm like, I really need to go to bed. It's 2.30. I'm like, oh, it's 4. <laughs> My phone died. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Until then. Yep, see you on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, until then, stay strong. Strong and wavy and loopy. Hi, this is Dr. Laurie Santos. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. We believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.